United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. now from the United States Institute of Peace is the director of the Latin America program, Keith Mines. He joins us now. Keith, welcome and good morning. How are you? Great. Thanks. And thanks for having me on. I'm glad that you're here. I mean, the UN Security Council voted on Monday um, to allow for a multinational security force to go to Haiti. Uh, China and Russia abstained in this vote. So what has this vote been about, and, and why are, is the U.N. sending forces to Haiti? Right. So this is a, a kind of uh, arrangement that they make when they can't get a full Security Council approval of a mission. <clears throat> so it's something that basically authorizes another country to lead a multinational force. Um, we've, the United States has done that several times. The, the closest uh, parallel, I think, from my experience, was when the Australians were given this uh, same kind of a mandate uh, for East Timor. And that was when, in advance of a, a follow-on UN mission, there was a need for a, a quicker force to get in and try to reestablish order. So it's, it's been done before. It's, uh, it's a model that's used. It's the first time Kenya will have done it. Uh, Kenyan, the Kenyans seem very capable and enthused about the, uh, the mission, but it is a real challenge uh, what they've taken on. So they're going to deploy to Haiti um, workers to with the Haitian National Police to try to address the gangs and also infrastructure. Is that right? Right. So the two the two main missions that were part of the mandate was to push back the gangs and try to wrest control of the country back from these really vicious gangs that have been making life a living hell and stopping the flow of, of food and, and water and, and, and everything. It's been a real uh, tough couple of years for the Haitian people living under the thumb of these gangs. So that's the first one, and that will be done in conjunction with the HNP, the Haitian National Police, as they build out a new police force. And then the second part of it is to uh, to protect critical infrastructure. Um, the other part of it is, is building the HNP itself. So there's going to be a, a, a huge train and equip mission for a new Haitian National Police. And then uh, humanitarian access is another mission that will be go along with that where they need to secure the corridors so that food and water can move and people can get back to their normal lives. It's a huge challenge. There's a lot of moving pieces and there's still a long ways to go. It's, it's the, just the first step to have this mandate that allows them to, uh, to round up this, this collection of other countries and, and put it together into a coalition. In fact, several other countries, the Bahamas, Jamaica, Antigua and Barbuda, Italy, Spain, Mongolia, Senegal, Rwanda, Belize, Suriname, Guatemala, Peru, they've all announced pledges of support as well. And the U.S. has offered $100 million in financial support for the force and another $100 million in enabling support for intelligence, equipment, logistics, and beyond. You know, obviously there is a need within Haiti for this to happen. Why has there been this buy-in? Is there something in it um, strategically as well for these other countries? Well, it's something that I think people are all uh, the other countries are really just looking at the the collapse of Haiti with, you know, with uh, and the tragedy that it's brought on and are willing to be a, uh, to be part of that. The, the, there's obviously always a a sense of international pride. They want to be able to to say that they've been involved in something important. The Kenyans, I think, are certainly uh, looking at this as a way that they can uh, exert a an international profile. 
Um, the other countries, I think, are honestly just trying to to uh, to respond to something that uh, that where there's a need. It's a kind of a you know it's a hodgepodge of countries, but it does bring in Africa, Asia, Europe, Latin America. So it's every region is now going to be involved. Now the level of support is not exactly clear. Some of them may send trainers, some of them may send small contingents. So there's you know they'll have to be putting the Kenyans will take their plan and then start to collect this this coalition over the coming months uh, to where they're ready to to deploy it, I would guess, no sooner than the, the 1st of 2024. There are going to be some challenges, though, in trying to implement this. I mean, obviously, the money is coming in, the support is there, but what are those challenges in, in terms of trying to get this off the ground and implemented in a way that is a long-term proposition? Right. I, w- I always point to the first challenge being the, the political environment on the ground. There's a very <clears throat> challenging political uh, dynamic in Haiti right now. There's not a um, an elected government. It's a government that was <clears throat> appointed after the assassination of the prime uh, the president uh, in 2021. And it's never really quite found its footing. So it struggles a bit with legitimacy. There's an issue there, and many are actually calling for a political reset, um, a conference of national unity, something that would allow the country to to reset that that temporary government so that it's more capable, more transparent, <clears throat> and more inclusive. And then the other parts of it, there's a lot of legacy issues that this force will have to overcome. There was one force that brought cholera to the country, another one that brought sexual predation. Um, those were isolated cases, but the cholera, as an isolated case, still ten, killed 10,000 people. So it wasn't insignificant. But there's, you know, they'll come in and there's actually things written into the mandate to try to preclude those sorts of things in the future. So they have to establish a connection with the people. They'll need to get their rhythm with regards to training this new HNP. A hundred million dollars, frankly, might sound like a lot. It's actually not in peacekeeping missions. There's going to be a lot more funding required. The hundred million dollars in enablers, as they call it, for the United States will help them with intelligence and operations and logistics and things like that. That's basically what the Department of Defense can draw down to help uh, support the force. But it, it's it's the first step, again, of a very long process. They'll have to find the way to, to establish their dominance in, in the country against the gangs, but also be willing to, to negotiate with the gangs so that they don't have to fight all of them and they can start to peel off some of the gang members in a way that would allow many of them to start to lay down their arms, as as is the case in any the end of any conflict. Who is in power in Haiti right now in terms of the political structure? There has been such unrest and political strife there and, and also turnover for very tragic reasons. Who is in power and are they able to coordinate a government such that the funding and all the things that are being sent will not be just turned over to corrupt hands? Yeah, I mean, the, the corruption, I think, with this kind of a thing is not too much of an issue because the money doesn't go directly into the, the hands of the Haitian government. The, the more important part for the Haitian government is just are they empowered enough and capable enough and do they have strong ministers and a strong government? And the answer is probably not. So there's a lot of work just on on government capacity. But it, the government is led by Prime Minister Henry. He fell into that position uh, after the death, uh, the assassination of President Moise. He fell into the or he had fallen into it actually just before the assassination. He was the prime minister, the acting prime minister, and then he fell into the job of having uh, full executive authority. And there's a number of ideas on the table of how to reset that, but it's really important. 
Um, just government capacity has always been a, a problem in Haiti. And one of the things that I always note is that the internationals tend to just go outside the, the established government system. I hope this time we don't do that because what we often do is just say, well, the government's hard to work with, not very capable. Let's just go, you know, form alternate institutions. We'll have an alternate hospital system and an alternate security system and an alternate education system. And that's really been the the struggle I think that Haiti's had. I think this time it would behoove the international community to buckle down and build that <clears throat> capacity. And it can be done with advisors, with mentors, with mm-hmm. funding and, and, and capacity building of the, the civil servants that need to run that government. Keith Mines, director of the Latin American program at the United States Institute of Peace. Thank you for helping us to understand this issue. It's really important. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Laura. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.